0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful day you've blessed us with so many things already. And now another opportunity to get back in your word. We thank you oh so much for that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word happiness, we'll turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Pick it right up here. It reads, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bethania. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Basically, he's talking to the believers, to the Christians throughout as it continues. Blessed Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That resurrection from the dead gives us that assurance that we also are going to have that available to us, that resurrection from the dead, when we trust and believe in the Lord. that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Who having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. To really... Latch on to and believe and trust in your relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Ghost. Then you will be filled with this joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 9, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. That's what we can rejoice in. That's what we can be happy in, even in the hardest times We can still be joyful when we focus on what we have in relationship with the Lord and what we have to look forward to for eternity with the Lord through the finished work of Jesus Christ. All right, now in 1 Peter chapter 4, a couple verses here. Pick it up in verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Exceeding joy. The trials that we face, the challenges that we face living a Christian life in this world, As he says, it's not some strange thing. It's only happened to you. It's happened to others and happening to others. As he continues, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. We can glorify God that we are being persecuted because we are Christians. We can be happy in that because we know that we are effective, which makes the devil come after us that much more. And when we resist the devil, he has to flee from us. And he will flee from us. Because the power of Jesus Christ come upon the thing and takes charge of it, and casts the devil on out of our way. So trust in the Lord, resist the devil, he'll flee from you, be happy even in the hardest times, even when those trials and tribulations and persecutions come upon you. Know that there's a lot of other Christians that are going through that very, very same thing. Reach out, find some others that can tell you their experiences. And help you through it. But most of all, reach out to the Lord. Because he will never leave us or forsake us. And he can see us through whatever challenge we might be facing. And some more things to be happy about is what we have to look forward to for eternity. And one of those things is a brand new earth. He's going to basically wipe this one out completely. Melt even the elements away. And we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. And that is something to rejoice in, something to be happy about. And those um, earth worshippers out there that are worshipping the planet need to focus on the fact that this planet has its days numbered. The Lord has chosen a time for this planet to go into non-existence, and by His power, His might, He will preserve it up until that time, and then He will eliminate it, as we learn in Second Peter Chapter 3, where it reads, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. The scoffers, the naysayers, the the doubters, the antichrist, the false teachers. There's so much of it out there that we face. And the false teaching is something that's very prevalent. And they try to pull people away, trying to say, well, he's not going to come back. There's not going to be a rapture. That's all over with. We're in the tribulation now and just various things that they try to teach, the false teachings and to get people drawn away. Not to draw them into the Lord, not to make them rejoice and be happy, but no, to make them depressed and pull away. And one of the things they say is that if the Lord was going to come back, why hadn't He come back already? In verse 5, for this they willingly are ignorant of. These Folks that are contrary to the Lord are willfully ignorant of the things he speaks of now. That by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. They deny a creation and they deny the worldwide flood. They push and promote evolution, teaching it to the youngest, so it infiltrates their minds, pollutes their minds very early on, and very difficult to get that out of their mind. Even the false teachings that you find in some of the translations and the footnotes, footnotes of some of the very well-known and profound ones that have erred in their interpretation, their interpretation of the creation. The timeline of the creation and so forth, infiltrated many years ago, and it's still in there and still being taught falsely. We got to know the accuracy of the Word of God. We got to know that the Lord is in control. We got to know that we all going to be judged and be held accountable for everything that we taught, everything that we shared with others. If it was wrong, if it led them away, you are going to be held accountable to it. So we got to be very careful what we say. Make sure that it is accurate and true to the Word of God. And the naysayers come in there and they'll take things and they'll twist it around. And they'll plug in stuff like the gap theory. And they'll plug in that Noah's flood was a a local event. And various things like that to to try to pull people away from the truth. The truth is that Jesus Christ spoke everything into existence in six literal days. And also, when the sin of mankind got so bad, he flooded this entire planet with water, killing every man, woman, and child, air-breathing animal on the planet except those that he preserved in that ark. And that there will be another day of accountability, another day of judgment upon this planet, which will wipe it out completely, as he tells us. Read five again. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That Tells us right there, we don't have to worry about preserving the earth. Yes, we are stewards, supposed to take care of everything the Lord's blessed us with, even the environment around us. But don't think for a minute that we are in charge of how long this earth will remain. Because right here, he tells us by the same word, what word? Word of Jesus Christ, are kept in store, means he's preserving, keeping this planet reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He's going to keep it preserved. Granted, we can make it uncomfortable for us. We can pollute things, make our lives miserable. So we shouldn't do that. But we're not going to destroy the planet like some of the wackos say. But we can make it messed up. We are stewards. We're supposed to take care of the planet. We're supposed to take care of our bodies. And... Know that the Lord ultimately is taking care of everything that is in existence. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Jesus Christ spoke time into existence. He is outside of time. Therefore, those naysayers say, Oh, it's been some two thousand years since he said he was going to come back quickly. Why hasn't he come back? Well, you've got to look at the interpretation or the translations and so forth of what he was talking about in that. Coming back quickly means suddenly. It would be a surprise to everybody when he comes back. As he says there, he's outside of time. So don't let those people that try to use time as a reference to turn against the word. Verse nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See this is why he hadn't come back yet; He's patiently awaiting more to come in to know him before it's too late for them, just like back over in Romans chapter two and verse four, or despisest thou the riches and of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Speaking of how he's patiently awaiting for more, even the most vile people out there, he's waiting for them to make their decision to accept or to reject the free gift of salvation. And that's why he's holding out. And come back over here to Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's that coming sudden he's speaking of, or coming quickly in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So we know everything around us is all going to be dissolved away. The very elements, the particles that are made up of, that he spoke into existence from nothing, is going to take out of existence with fire. And we that are looking forward to that day to be able to be judged, to be able to be held accountable, to receive the many, many rewards he has promised us for living a God-fearing and God-glorifying life, fall right into verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. We're looking forward to the day that He wipes all of this creation out and creates us a brand new heaven and brand new earth. Wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we... Who's the we here? The born-again Christians. And this is something to really be happy about right here. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise... Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. That peace that passeth all understanding can come upon us, that happiness, that full joy that is available to us when we tap into the supply of joy that comes from the Lord. We can rejoice even in the hardest of times do we no we don't always sometimes we get caught up in the mire and we get caught up in the conflicts we get caught up in the pain and suffering of this present time and get our eyes off of the lord and we start sinking down just like when peter got out of that ship and started walking across that water and started sinking down because he got his eyes off of the lord And started looking around and seeing the waves and the wind and so forth. And he started to sink. But he had the sense enough to know he needed to get his eyes back on the Lord and call out to the Lord. Lord help me. And he did. He reached down. He got him by the hand. He pulled him right up out of that. And they went on to the ship. The Lord can pull us right out of the mire. He can pull us right out of the sadness. He can pull us right out of the misery that we can be surrounded in. And bring us right up there, right beside Him. And looking forward to what He has promised us. And to be found without spot and blameless means to be prayed up. As we see over in First John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and Our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Speaking of Jesus Christ, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Here he's spreading the gospel. Here he's evangelizing. He's calling all those to listen up. He's talking about his experience, the apostles' experience, being right there with Jesus Christ and knowing what he has available for us. Verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. If you want full joyfulness, you study the word. The more you study the Word, the more you get a closer and closer relationship with the Lord. And that will bring you the full joy that we all need. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, As He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that ought to make you happy. To be able to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. Everything washed away, gone completely. Not to be brought back up against you at all by the Lord. But you will have a tendency to bring it back up against yourself. Others will bring it up against you. The devil will definitely use your past against you when you have sins in your past. To keep you down, to hold you down, to make you miserable. So let go of all that. Get it washed in the blood. Let it go away completely. And know that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And rolling right into chapter 2, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now this is talking about once we've been saved, once we've been cleansed, and then we stumble. We go back into something we shouldn't have gotten back into. We stray off of the straight and narrow and get back on. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ paid the price for all those sins, all past, present, and future. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also, so to walk, even as he walked. So look at the life of Jesus Christ. He is our ultimate example. Nobody else, just him. Lift Him up as your shepherd. Follow His teachings, His guidelines. Don't lift anybody else up as a shepherd, just Jesus Christ. And ask the Lord for forgiveness. Get it washed in the blood. Get on the straight and narrow. Stay on the straight and narrow. But it's comforting to know if you trip, if you get lost on the pathway and sway off to one side or the other, you can get directions to get back on by turning back to the Lord and asking for forgiveness and getting it taken care of. But you don't get born again and again and again. No, you get born again once. You become sealed by the Holy Ghost. And then it's up to you to begin an obedient or a disobedient child. And as he tells us, the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. So don't become a child of disobedience because his wrath will come upon you, Christian or not. But tap into the happiness, the joyfulness, and hang on to it. First John chapter three, verse one: "Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not." The sons of God, talking about the family of God, sons and daughters, the family of God, beloved. Now are we the sons of God? And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That is awesome that we know that we are going to be like Jesus Christ, the one who spoke everything into existence and has ultimate power and authority over all of it. He's going to allow us to be like him every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. When we get it right, when we get it taken care of, when we're washed in the blood, when we become part of the family, we have so much to look forward to, so much that can really truly make us happy, like it says over in Revelation, in chapter 1, in verse 17, the words of Jesus Christ given to John in the Isle of Patmos, "'Fear not, I am the first and the last.'" Verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. He has that authority. He has that power. He earned that on the cross. And then in chapter 2, verse 7, things that we have to look forward to, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. An overcomer is those that have overcome sin. And how do you do that? Like we read over there in First John chapter 1. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as we continue in Revelation chapter 2, Verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. Like we were speaking of earlier, those trials. Not strange, but you're going to go through them. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death, that second death, that judgment, whether you're going to be with the Lord or cast into the lake of fire. And that 10 days up there applied to the churches that he was speaking of back then. And that church was in Samaria. All right, as we continue in Revelation chapter 2, Look at verse 17 here. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And then over in verse 26 reads, And he that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received a, of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And then in chapter 3, and verse 5, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And in verse 10, is because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. That's talking about the rapture, rapturing us up out before that judgment, the hour of temptation that comes. Which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name." And in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his house." He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So much to look forward to. And then those wondrous words we see over in Revelation chapter 21 that really ought to bring you the ultimate happiness. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city in New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end I will give unto him that is athirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That relationship, that never-ending, wondrous relationship available to us, and being able to have that glorified body, to be like Jesus Christ for eternity, and all we need to do is 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness get it all washed away and then back to second peter chapter 3 verse 14 wherefore beloved seeing it ye look for such things be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless get it clean keep it clean rejoice be happy because we got a lot to look forward to as part of the family of god so much ahead of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the happiness that we can have when we truly get into your word and listen up to hear the many, many things that you tell us that can encourage us and bring that full joy into us. And please fill all of us with that full joyfulness, so full that it overflows in all those that we encounter. Thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you